0: Um, I have I've brought a chair along with me this morning. It's really good to be here. Um, and I know St James's really, really well. I first came to St James's about 40-something years ago to a wedding. And I've been to so many weddings. This is the most popular wedding place for me to have been to weddings at. I would probably say I've done about 10, all right, um, in that time. Uh, but today, um, um, I brought a chair with me. You'll notice there was a, something of a seat in the reading. And I was thinking... <coughs> Who and who today at St. James is privileged and maybe good looking, maybe you know worthy of, of sitting in the best chair in the house? so I thought of Martin all right okay Martin. <laughs> So I also realise he's an Anglican church, he has got a purple shirt on, so it's a bit bishop-like maybe, I don't know. So Martin, have a seat in our chair uh, today. So um, we've known each other years, so I can take the mickey out of him, don't worry, whatever I say to him, he will forgive me later. All right, so Martin, how are you feeling? Yes, it's it's all right. It's all right? uh, It's it's more comfy than the others, but... It is more comfy, but are you relaxed? Relaxed enough? It's a bit too hot, a bit too... too, Okay, why Why don't you just put it back a little bit? Okay. Oh oh <laughs> oh! Ah, oh. uh, how do you feel? Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. like like so. great. Isn't it? And uh, sorry, there's a little little. Cushion. You have got the cushion oh, in oh, place cushion. behind. Oh, that's that's so perfect. So he's relaxed. He's happy. Giving him the best seat in the house. <laughs> now I'm going to ask you a question. Now, do you think he should have this seat for the rest of the service? No, they're harsh, they're harsh. You're supposed to say, well, as long as he doesn't, all right? So Martin, I'd like to invite you to take that chair, take it down to wherever you like and just sit and relax and enjoy that. Just lift that up. Okay, there you go. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, Martin. Okay, perfect. Look at that, look at that. Sure great. Happy? Okay, and, and if it gets too dull, you know what to do, don't you? Right, right. Okay, great. So I was back with you last time in 2018. Uh, my name is Chris Edwards, and I'm the, che- the chief operations officer for Hope Coventry. It's quite a grand title. You'll know there's lots of chief operations officers all them. Basically, you don't say CEO because the CEO doesn't do anything really, do they? They just sort of like, like that. The chief operations officer. The reason they're appointed a the chief operations officer for Hope is get down and dirty and do the work as well. So, there you go. So, that's just a warning for any CEOs out there. Um, right. So, at Hope, I lead a small team of 10 part-time staff uh, working with Coventry churches with our remit to enable the churches in Coventry to support, uh, to transform, support, To support them in transforming our city with the love and power of Jesus Christ, and we do that in lots and lots of different ways. It's great to have John Schooler here, who we work with together for change, which is the Anglican Social Social Action Charity. I think that's the way of saying it, John. Just about, all right. And uh, John works with us on the Good Neighbours Project, which you possibly have heard about. But today, I I really want us to focus on um, and have a look at that James passage, because it's quite challenging, actually. Uh, And my job today is to make you feel not as comfortable as Martin is at the moment, all right? Because he's comfortable, but maybe he might too, in his comfort this morning, might get a little bit provoked. You may have noticed the chair. It's one of the best outdoor recliner chairs that I've had for the garden or for camping. Um, There's no doubt in my mind that anyone sits on this chair will immediately relax. Look at him. He's, he's actually put it back already. Those of you at the back, he's actually reclined it already. I've only just started, all right? But he has, and, um, uh, and, and there he is. But it's, it's great to be here, in, here with you. Jane and I, wife oh, Jane's at the front here. Jane and I both live in Steichel. We go to Jubilee Church, which is in the middle of town. Uh, part of the New Frontiers part. But we also feel very much part of the churches in the city. And if any of you have been to Praise and Prayer in November, where all the churches get together, it's a real privilege. And you think, do you know, we're Christians. We may have different styles and flavours around the city, but actually together, it's brilliant. It really is great. And I felt so warmly welcome here today. Um, uh, But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the introduction that we see in James. Um, I presume you've been to a party or an event, uh, and on arrival, you may have been introduced or met at the door or something like that, that's fine. Has anybody, I don't know if anybody's been in the room where you've actually been officially introduced, where you stand at the front and the maitre d' says, I'd like to welcome... Anybody done that? No? No? Because I'll be on to you later to find out what it was like. Um, <laughs> So introductions are very interesting, and sometimes we can be overawed by an introduction, or actually we can meet people and it doesn't go down too well and we're not sure how to speak to them. But can you imagine today if Baroness, Baron and Baroness Maynard of St James (laughs) walked through the door? What would we do with them? Would we show them to the front? We'd talk to them, we'd say, how are you doing, and stuff like that, don't know? could be Lord and Lady, uh, this is the one I want, Lord and Lady Edwards of Steichel, I like that. Okay, And interestingly enough, in our garden, because we live in Steichel, we have an 18th century ice house that used to be. Uh, And it was there from the hall, Steichel Hall, which was actually originally in Montpellier Close, if you know Knoll Drive. There was a hall. And if you're as old as me or older, you may remember the derelict Steichel Hall that was there. Is there anybody who does? Yes, one, two. Did you play in it? (laughs) <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So did I. And it was, ama- it was amazing. And, and then it got knocked down and Montpellier Close was built. Um, but so, so around here, we've got emphasis, you know, we can think about and know about and understand. There's, there was some privilege around here. So what would we like about that? How do we treat them? Would we find the best chair? I don't know. Secondly, what if homeless Pete walked in through the door? Homeless Pete. Not particularly dressed in good clothes, may not be so obviously homeless, but homeless, Pete, what do we do? Just say, "Hi, Pete, Good to welcome you. How are you doing? Would we find them a good chair because I think we need to put some of the James chapter that, that 's talking about in James into the context of what might happen to us i don 't know. Am I beginning to get you to think over and think what would your reaction be because i 'm going to bring some challenges this morning and whatever the title, rank, or status afford, afford us. We can pigeonhole expectations of how to be treated. Is it to bow or curtsy? Is it to shake hands? Is it, is it to talk to them? There's a classic case way back in the 1980s. Yes, I'm sorry, it's quite a while ago. Uh, my wife and I were. Um, I was on teaching practice because I used to be a teacher. On teaching practice, and Princess Diana arrived in helicopter local to our school, and we all went out to meet her and sort of wave and woo, great Princess Diana! And um, I had the camera because I was going to get a good picture. and We were right at the front, and never mind primary school children, get out of the way! I'm going, <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to see Diana. And uh, what happened was she just walked, she walked by, and I was totally transfixed. I was like, she was amazing, she was stunning. Didn't take any photographs. Next thing I know, Jane's grabbing the camera off her. Give me the camera. She takes the photo and she shakes Diana's hand, and Diana <coughs> just goes on. And I'm going. I missed that. I missed that. So that's what sometimes our overawe of privilege can do. What about the homeless? When we walk into town, and we see perhaps some of the blankets or some of the guys by the car park meters. What's our reaction then? Is it, are we overawed by them? Or do we say, what are you doing? You know, do we talk to them? I don't know. I just want to provoke us a little bit and just think about what we do with how we react to different people. When I read this passage, I'm uncertain about how I'd react in various circumstances described. It's certainly not convenient or easy, is it, what's being asked of us? Uh, I might judge and I might discriminate. I might ignore and hope it's someone else's problem. Maybe the welcome team can look after that homeless person who's just walked in the back door. Not me. Not today. Um, I'll, I'll do something else. In my role as COO of Hope, I have those feelings like everybody else. I meet the full range of people, from the homeless to those living in great homes. Those in debt to those who are totally debt-free. Those who are alone and socially isolated to those who are so well-connected they want to break from people. It's fascinating to me that all our interactions, interactions that I have, uh, that how similar they can actually be. It's just the circumstances that are different. They're still people. Of course, as the saying goes, we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, should we? But we do. I know we do it at some stage. It's whether we can be bothered to interact and open that person as a book uh, to see what's really behind the cover. For me, the passage in James highlights a number of a number of challenges, which I just want to explore with you today. if That's all right. I don't claim to have all the answers, uh, but instead would offer some insights and uh, potentially provoke us. Yes, provoke us. Yes, we're in church, and I'm going to provoke you. I hope today. Our city is amazing. I love our city. I I was here in the. I was born here, Bradford Avenue. I was I, I stayed in the city till I was 18, and went to uni and went, was away for the whole of the 80s. That might have been a fashion-conscious thing. But, you know, I was away for the whole of 80s, and we came back to live in the city at the end of the 80s, uh, and we've been here ever since. It's diverse, our city, but when you live in Steichel, you don't see the diversity. I'm going to be honest with you, you don't see it. You go into town, you realise people are t- talking different languages. How many times have you been into town, lady? There's a challenge for you. How many times have you been into Coventry City Centre? Or is it easier to go to Touchwood down the road or Leamington? You know, these are things. It's our city. What do we think of it? Just do it. If you've got a bit of free time, just walk around town and pray and ask God. We've got some exciting news coming up about praying for our city uh, in the future and you'll hear more of that. I'm not going to talk about that today. So it's diverse, it's multicultural and it's very young. I don't know whether you know this, but um, our city is, has an average age of 32. Yep, I'm looking around, all of you are realising you're past the average age. (laughs) I'm feeling very sad about that. It comes to all of us, believe me, but we've still got a contribution to make. Uh, The main sort of average age of most big cities is around 40, so we're a young city, and the city of culture is emphasising that in what they're going to be doing in 2021. Um, But here in Coventry, look at the differences we've got. I'm going, to t- I'm going to say some names of areas in the city and I just want us to spend a moment and pray a blessing over those areas, okay? Because it's not Stichel I'm going to pray for today. I just want us to spend a moment and ask blessing of God over the city despite our, our, whatever we think of it. Just a few areas. So just let's be still for a moment. Lord, we ask your blessing on these particular areas of our city. Challenge our perceptions, perhaps. Pray your blessing on Wyken, on Fozil, on Stoke, on Hillfields, on Tal Hill, on Cowden, on Longford. Just some of the areas in our city, Lord. We ask your blessing. Amen. We probably hear of things around our city, and if you haven't got the Cov Live app, I'd, I'd say that's one way you can find out about your city. Get the Coventry Live app on your phone and have a look. You don't have to look at it every day, but have a look, because that's what's happening in our city. It's worth looking at. And we can see and we can try and understand. Because it does say in the Bible, Jesus says we will always have the poor with us. And I think one of the challenges I would make today from that, that thing from the passage in James is... What about inconvenience? The challenge of inconvenience. The poor are always with us. We could say it's inconvenient, but there's a challenge behind it. Let's take the first few verses and talk about the arrival of people. They're going to be noticed and there's going to be a choice or action or reaction. We too have a choice about noticing or ignoring, welcoming or not. Uh, We all like to welcome somebody, but seriously, when it's a little bit awkward, maybe we pass things on. We could take a step further, perhaps, if we think we may be able to do something. What about the inconvenience? Could we do something about that? Could we try and overcome our fear or our worries? Could we get somebody to help us? What is it? Do we want to remain comfortable, as Martin's closing his eyes? All right. Or do we want to recognise that we need to sit up a little bit? He will in a moment. All right. I'm pleased to say that thanks to your support here from from St James's, and your PCC deciding to support hope over a number of years, we've been able to help those who are poor in the city. I'm just going to describe one of them. We run the Winter Night Shelter, as many of you probably know, from the 1st of December to the 31st of March each year. And we'll be, we're, we're just recruiting at the moment check on our social media. We've got 120 applicants for volunteer so far. That's besides the point. I want you to just focus for a moment on what we do and how you've helped because you have we have over 300 volunteers helping us who befriend people who come to a night shelter in a church in different churches eight churches around the city who open up seven at night till eight in the morning each year we've had over 70 people come through our books as it were last year with 43 people staying at least one night uh, of the week uh, at least staying one night or more, with over 26 staying a week or two, or th- more than that. We're pleased to say that 23 of them last year moved on to sustainable accommodation. And I'm just going to tell you about a story of one guest that we can be grateful for. His name's Jim, it's not his real name, but Jim came to Coventry to work hard, but he had an accident, that really, it, it hit his brain. I think it was a really bad head injury. Severe blow to his head. Changed his character. Changed the whole person that he was. From that, he slipped into alcoholism. Alcoholism, to, uh, well, I can't say alcoholism, because he's really recovered, but he, he, I think it was alcoholism, totally alcoholism, because it was impacting those. Eventually became homeless, and then he came to us during the winter. And he found something a little bit different. He found that people wanted to listen to him, wanted to talk to him, wanted to spend some time with him, wanted to help him. And just through volunteers talking to him and loving him, he began to change. So the drink stopped. Along with the drink stopped, he began to get better physically with his, with his head. He was homeless. Lost his, he hadn't got a job or anything. But over the next, over the whole year, actually, so we knew him back in December when we had some violence, so so he was was just uncontainable, really, all the way through to a year later. So it's quite a long period. We had him for four months of consistent support, though. Our volunteers and our staff helped him get back on his feet. We found a way to signpost him to an agency to find work. He managed a temporary job. Still hadn't got a home, came, came back to us, but it was, was working, came back to us at night. And then following that, we found him some accommodation he could rent. And through your gifts and through the money that, that comes from the church in the city, we were able to give him uh, the first month's rent. Because isn't it a pain? Always you've got to pay the first month's rent up front. He hasn't got enough money. So we gave him that as a gift to help him. So he started It's always a risk because, let's be honest, sometimes it just doesn't work and for us sometimes it hasn't worked and then it's gone back. But he actually stuck it out and then he got paid and he could afford his rent. He got paid, he could afford his rent. We began to see a difference. Now we're a year or so on. Do you know what he did last year? He came back and volunteered for us. Because he's got a place. He's got a place, he's got a job really close by and he felt he was able to contribute. How good is that? How gracious is God in that? But that's only because we loved him. We loved him. We loved him. And we didn't judge him. And uh, it's through churches like yourselves who are willing to give and help and volunteer as well. The next challenge, though, is, I see, is discrimination in this passage. Judgment <coughs> over somebody coming through the door. Oh, homeless. Oh, got loads of money. Oh, judgment in the in the car park that you've got here. Oh, my new car, it must have got a decent job. Mm, okay, you know, all sorts of discrimination we can do. It's not necessarily said. And I think in churches, we can, it, we, it can mask potentially what is actually happening. And I know that um, Ian Burton from Cap, as c- you, some of you probably know, has come to talk about what Cap does, Christians Against Poverty. And actually, we we in Coventry we don't have an individual church that does Cap, but Hope Coventry oversees what Cap is doing in the city. And Cap, and Ian works with around fifty families to help them come out of debt. And recently, on the Cap website, they did a, uh, uh, a story about Fran- I never get a name right. It's Francisco Francesco, or something like that, who was in, in Co- who was one of our people uh, in the city and how she got into debt but you wouldn't notice it, you wouldn't know she was in debt but behind she had her husband pass away therefore she got anxiety, therefore she got stressed, she couldn't do financial management she was too bothered about her own kids and it carried on and eventually she was overwhelmed with debt but through the consistency through the love, through the debt management and recovery of Cap, she was able to come out of that and she became yes debt-free. There's another person who after 11 years, last year we celebrated, after 11 years, this lady, I'd nearly brought a video, but I'm, I'm trying to keep away from technology today. <laughs> 11 years she'd been in debt, and through, Cap and through the consistency and the faithfulness of Christians in the city, she became debt-free. How good is that? Because we can do this. But you wouldn't see it, if you met her on the street today, you wouldn't think, oh, she's got a lot of debt. Hmm. Always let us be aware, let us be mindful of those within us, amongst ourselves and beyond, who may have something to hide or in debt. As adults, we can have an underlying prejudice and we can act with discrimination, but then maybe they're just not acting the way we'd like it. If you're in Stiteshire, they might go to Aldi instead of going to Kenilworth Waitrose. I don't know. But it's that sort of thing we just have to be aware of and watch out for. Okay, so my final challenge is the challenge of inertia, or in my, in this case, non-action. The challenge of the Christian that says, "I'll pray about it," but that's about it. Not saying prayer is is is, is no good. We need prayer all the time. We're so grateful for all the prayers. But what about beyond? What are, what are we thinking? We're called, it says at the end of this passage, to love God love our neighbours as ourselves. If those guys at the beginning of the passage walked into the church, how would we react to them? I wonder which we will get to know first, the rich or the poor, the privileged or the underprivileged, the ones who make it inconvenient or the ones who are convenient and fit more our mould. I don't know. One of the quotes I'd like to quote is, do you think if today we put as much effort into loving others as we do in getting others to love us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and the like, we actually make, will make a real difference, not a virtual one? Let me just say that again. Do you think today, if we put as much effort into loving others as we do in getting others to love us or like us on social media we may actually make a real difference, a live difference, and not just a virtual one? Question mark. Just an incidental about about our virtual church world. Maybe something I need to report back to Josh. Um, I was talking to a church leader who was asked to look at the way a church used its communications. He discovered one email... he he, he looked at the church communication system and he discovered one email asking who was bringing the biscuits to a certain church meeting. And he discovered how many emails that actually created. Uh, I'd like you to guess. How many do you think? Any guesses? Go on. 30? Anyone? Pardon? 30? 50? Okay, the answer is... Five hundred. Five hundred emails to bring the biscuits to church. <laughs> it's crackers. Nice one. Thanks to our coffee team, we've got a racer. Yeah. But is not that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Because they put the, what they've done is they copied everybody in and then everybody else has replied and copied everybody in. Absolutely nuts, isn't it? Um, so what are we spending our time doing? Is it in the virtual world? Is it doing a waste of time? Biscuit wrote on 500 emails. Or What are we doing? Are we making a live difference? So finally, Hope Coventry is trying to love our neighbours. And you may know already that we run a Good Neighbours project to support isolated and lonely people in their communities across the city. Uh, Since we began two years ago, we have impacted and connected over a 1,000 older people in the city. It's good, isn't it? And You've done some. You've given some of this, and I'm sure some of you possibly volunteer as well. We've trained around 500 volunteers, all right, and that's been it's been absolutely amazing. What we've seen the difference. Presently, every week we have around 120 older people are visited each week, and are kept away, or kept kept alive. I think in some respect. Here's a, here's a short story. One GP said to us. Please help me with this person. She referred this person in to us and said, I see this person three times a week, but all she needs is a friend. All she needs is someone to talk to. But she comes in, makes an appointment three times a week. Please help. So we got on it and we found a friend who matched her up with somebody who could talk to her, who could be a, a reference point. Fantastic. Six months later, the GP says... I've noticed something. I didn't realise my week had changed so much. I've only seen this particular lady twice in the past six months because that person had somebody to go to. And I'm sure some of you might be aware that the NHS now is looking at a thing called social prescribing where you'll go to the doctor and they'll, instead of saying, here's the pills, they'll say, actually, you need five vegetables a day or you need to go and do some exercise. Actually, you need a friend. And we aim to be right at the heart, as Christians, right at the heart of what will happen in the future regarding social prescribing in the city. And I'd really value your prayers on that as the whole um, strategy for for affording that comes more local into what's going to be called the primary care networks within the city um, for each of the GPs and the hubs of GPs. And we want to be at the forefront of saying, we can help, we're available. And I think looking forward, just to give you a heads up, looking forward... I think there's a great need within our city for the youth to also have that, for the youth so that they can be mentored and helped in friendship. There's, there's it, there it is. So, finally, there's my three challenges challenge of inconvenience, challenge of discrimination, and the challenges of inertia, non action. So, in conclusion, this passage is uncomfortable, it's meant to be. It's not like my chair. Martin, it's time to leave that chair now. Okay. Would you like to just pick it up and just bring it back for us? That would be kind. Was it easy and relaxing? Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you hear what I said? Yeah. Good. Thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> it's not a bad thing relaxing. It's not a bad thing taking it easy. What it is is if that's where we stay... That's where we stay. You are in an affluent area of Coventry. I live in an affluent area of Coventry. I didn't know some of the areas of Coventry that I described to you earlier. I've got to know them over the years. What is our Lord provoking you into today? What is our God saying to you about our city today? What would he like you to do? And it can be from of the prayers that we so desperately need for the isolated and lonely. It could be to volunteer at the winter night shelter or think about it, even think about it. And I brought some stuff with me today. It could be something totally different that we haven't even thought about if churches in the city to do with the youth or, or, or something. But don't, don't give in to that, that, that inertia, that, well, let somebody else do it. Really consider, where is God's challenge for you today? Uh, and it will be for ind- each of ind- individuals. But I believe us as a church, as we've seen, our politicians can't get a grip, can they? All right? If you if you sing in Christ alone again, you'll realise that's the Brexit song because it just says that you know in Christ alone our hope is found, not in the politicians, not in what they think they can do, but in Christ alone. And I think we've got a real opportunity within this void that's been created in our country at the moment, uh, of nobody knowing quite what to do, to just say, we're doing this because we believe this is what our Lord has called us to. We're building the kingdom of God. We're praying for others. We're providing for others. We're getting on with the job. And we need to pray for our politicians. We need to pray for our local councillors uh, and those that we have very good relationships as a church. You'll know that um, you'll know that, uh, that Motorfest, for example, one of the largest, largest um, uh, festivals in the country for cars now with 229,000 coming last year that's how many came over the two days and with the church was right at the f- in the middle of that the hope arena was right there saying who we are believing in what we're doing and we're part of this whether we're in Stichel, whether we're in Fosel whether we're in Hillfields and we can act together in small ways and in big ways just to say we believe in our city we believe in our the kingdom of god We believe that we can transform our city and the lives of its citizens. Thank you. You're great. It's great to be here in Starch. It's great to be St James. But Josh asked me, uh, no buts, but at the end of that, we need challenges that build character. And this passage challenges our perceptions. But the good news, and this is what I want to finish with, the good news is that there is grace for all of us and capacity for all of us, whatever our resource So if, for example, you're grieving, you may not have capacity. If you need to emotionally support your family, you may not have capacity. If you're worried about stuff or your job is overwhelming, you may not have capacity. But whoever we are, whatever we do, we may be able to do something small. And that's just great. It's about our heart attitude. Don't measure yourself against other people and what others may be doing. I trust our faithful God of mercy will speak to your heart today about those challenges and together we look carefully at the way we see and treat each other uh, and get on with building his kingdom in our city. Amen. All right. We're just going to pray now and I'd I'd invite you to stand actually just for us to be quiet and I'm just going to ask God that he might just touch our hearts uh, Quite specifically, when we prayed together as a group before, and the band, as the band are coming up now, when we pray as a group before, we, I, I sense that what I wanted people to go away with for is not any guilt trip, nothing like that, not any oh, I ought to, I should do, but actually, I, I want to hear God's voice in this, in all of this, as to what we should do.